0: So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Match Bailey, alongside my critique and crime, Ricardo Medina.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: And this is another episode of B.S. Beats and Bailey. And at the time of this recording here, um, this is the Saturday before Carnival Saturday. Yes, folks, um, Carnival 2018 is almost underway. And unlike last year, um, the Academy Awards won't be held at Carnival Sunday night You know, when people either fighting up to watch um, Dimash Grah Or getting themselves ready for you know juvie and whatnot So, you know, uh, with all that being said though We will be talking about four Oscar nominees for Best Picture um, right. It's a shame it couldn't be five because no, we have not yet seen Phantom Tread. I don't know what's going on I, well, I, Clearly, we're not going to get to see it theatrically but you know see what uh, but the four <laughs> movies in particular that we're going to talk about first of all um, is a well, one of my highly anticipated movies of last year which is a shame because we didn't get around to seeing it last year due to certain circumstances of course right. I'm talking about um, Guillermo del Toro's Oscar nominated The Shape of Water right uh, after that will be uh, Darkest Hour which uh, features our boy Gary Ullman and you know we'll, ask that, we'll answer the question I should say does, does this man really deserve the Best Actor, you know, um, award for... Is is, is he a shoe in actually, or is he, good, is he destined to win that Academy Award for Best Actor, I should say? Um, right. After that, uh, we have a movie that has been getting a lot of hype, a lot of buzz since it came out uh, last year. This one is called Call Me By Your Name. This showed up on a lot of top tens lists. And um, you know I was curious about this one too I didn't really know the, the cast or the director or anything like that But the, the premise seemed pretty interesting And I don't yeah. want to say taboo breaking or groundbreaking or anything like that But just something pretty interesting So you know I'll share my thoughts on that And uh, finally Steven Spielberg boy, The Post Yeah Yeah and, you know, just the story behind the production of this movie was pretty interesting. Like, I learned about it after seeing the film, so, you know, once we get to that point, you'll talk about that. And also, um, the relevance of a movie like this in um, in 20, well, I guess, in the 20, 2010s, basically. I was going to say um, 2017 there yeah, for a sec. Right, uh, so you'll start things off with uh, The Shape of Water. Um, this, like I said before, is um, from Guillermo del Toro, uh, one of my favorite directors in the game right now. Um, and this was co-written by him and Vanessa Taylor. Um, right. And this one here, like the way how they pitched it, like I don't know, I, I, I was like instantly I was thinking Hellboy and Abe Sapien. So I was thinking like this is like Abe the the um, the early years yeah. or whatever it is. Ape part father. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it could be when you think about it, maybe not so much yeah, you know, Ape Sapien himself. Uh, which is funny because not just the the characters of this sort of humanoid, sort of amphibian-ish kind of character, this fish-like character, um, yes. but also the the person playing the the character, and that is Doug Jones. You know?
1: Yeah, he yeah. he has have, have had a really good year this year because he also plays um, Saru in Star Trek Discovery. Right. And he, I would straight up say it, he is my favorite character in that show. Um, so, and I actually like that show for the most part. It's not like, well, he's the only good thing or anything like that.
0: Right. So, um, so before we get into, um, The Shape of Water, uh, well, I just want to talk briefly about my, my, um, just my relationship with, with, you know, Del Toro's films, now. um, so the first film that I saw from him was, believe it or not, Blade 2. To me, that was right, like me, my, me my too. official introduction to, um, Del Toro. Right,
1: that's why I, well, I, I probably saw movies of his before, I just didn't know who he was. Yeah, um, well, I,
0: I, I think it's either I saw Mimic before or after that, but I didn't know
1: who he was. Nah, I saw, yeah, I saw Mimic after.
0: Yeah, um, and Mimic, I wouldn't say was a terrible movie. Like I get why it was made and why you know the circumstances you know surrounding that film. Because uh, for those who don't know, you know he filmed that around the time when his dad was kidnapped. You know, shocking, yeah. but it did happen. You know, and I, I had a feel, I have a feeling that this you know of course is stressful and that weighed a lot um, in his. You know, to the to the to the work and the effort that he put into that film because um while it's not a terrible movie, it's um kinda forgettable. You know, I would say it's a cult classic way to that. It's just right one of those kinda curiosities, like you look at it it's like, Oh yeah, well, you know, but to me what makes it relevant is that this was not only his um second feature film, but also his official introduction into Hollywood, you know. Right. And because of what he managed to show in that movie, you know, he he got the chance to to do films like Bleed Two, for example, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, of course, Hellboy, Hellboy Two, um, and of course this movie here, The Shape of Water. But what's pretty interesting, this is what I really love about him, is that um, he always stayed true to where he came from. You know, he's he's Mexican, um, yeah. and he managed to make well. Apart from his debut film, Cronos which was um, done in 1993 and it was filmed entirely in Mexico. Even though the story, I believe, was set in Spain, right? Um, yeah. He always managed to go back to his homeland and do films, you know, do Spanish-language films, you know. And um, it always tied back to the stuff that he was always fascinated with at a young age, which was um, basically the fairy tale, you know, the, the creature, the monster. So, you know, he'd yeah. always take, like, that you would. know, the the, the the familiar characters like the vampire or, you know, well, not the werewolf. He hasn't done a werewolf film as yet, Um but just like these famous monsters, these creatures, and always kind of play with their tropes and their archetypes and really make them more sympathetic, sympathetic, sorry, make them characters that you you somehow care about even though they look ugly and they may do, you know, ugly things, you know. And then another major team with, um, with his films, especially like, say, Kronos, The Devil's Backbone, which is a great film, by the way. Um, and, of course, Pan's Labyrinth, which is his best movie to date. He always... um. He always showed the dark side of humanity. He always showed that you know humans are more monstrous and evil than the creatures themselves. You know, and yeah, he always went yeah, over lot of his good. ways to make these creatures really fantastical, very bizarre, very creepy as well. But there was always some something lovely, something kind of majestic and beautiful about them. Uh, whether it's the um, whether it's the fawn from um, Pan's Labyrinth, which yeah. to me is like probably one of the best um, creature designs I've ever seen in a movie. And yes, Doug Jones was in it, and he was like the only American um, actor in the in the the cast in that movie. By the way, everybody else was Spanish, and he had to learn Spanish just to see the lines in that movie. Um, and of course, well, the creepy peel man, you know, which is like just I don't know, like once you see that 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 creature, that will just be like lodged in your brain in terms of like yeah. this nightmare logic. You know what I mean? Um, of course, characters like. Um, like, the, like Hellboy, of course, even though, you know, the design is from Micah Magnolia, of course um, And, you know, Abe Sapien, which we mentioned before And just a wide assortment of the creatures that we saw in both Hellboy and Hellboy 2 um, what else? But, you know, for me, like I say, I've always been a huge fan of um, Del Toro Even, like, when he did um, Pacific Rim, like, I really, really loved that film Oh, sorry, not really love it, but I was really entertained by it, though Even though it is just his tribute to, like, Kaiju um you know and and mecca um anime as well you know it has that sort of saturday morning kind of tone and feel it and i just love it um it's just straight up like popcorn entertainment but the one film that i was like still iffy about even though i uh, like kind of watched it recently recently sorry, because i was like hey i just never got around to seeing it though was um right. crimson peak Right, yeah. yeah I, I don't, remember, right. remember that, was a, that was that one film that um, I remember. I Claude, yeah, Claude Review. And he yeah, loved no, it because, right. you know. But yeah, I watched it. Like, I watched it. I was like, well, yeah, it's, it's all right and everything. But still, boy, um, maybe it's just because i just not a fan of gothic romance. But I just wasn't, like, on the one hand, like, I got that he was trying to do this sort of costume romance. Sorry, a costume drama, like a period piece. But at the same right. time, because you know his name and you know because he... Always has like this 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 penchant for violence. It's never gratuitous, but it always adds to the story. It always makes it a lot darker, right? Um, yeah. And there is violence, but just not as much as you would expect it to be. And then when it came to the scares, it was just like you know, um, oh well, it's a ghost story, so we just have to play on these cliche ghost stuff, you know. You turn around, the ghost is there. That kind of that kind of crap, now. And I don't know I just felt that the the horror elements, which we always know from Del Toro. He always kind of um, Tweaks and twists And does creative things with It was just like There It just felt too Too generic In my opinion So <laughs> To me I would say that like Crimson Peak is, is one of my least favorite Movies from him But that's not to say That I
1: You're
0: Right Hate the movie I mean I love the cinematography I love the set design Just how the film looks And just how it was acted The you know The character, The performers and all that But still Once again I don't know Just It didn't work for me So um, Yeah Your thoughts on um, Del Toro and just his um
1: yeah his yeah I, I, yeah, I, yeah Blade Two for me was probably my introduction to him as well right um yeah I, I, I really like Blade Two make it work um, plans Robert is when I started being you know somewhat somewhat aware of films and how to like look at them study them names yeah and yeah Delta <laughs> Rosie name that came up uh and yeah I generally defend Crimson Peak uh was his first film again Crimson. Cronus. Right. I went back and watched that. It really yeah, you're right. It's somewhat forgettable and, and you know, I just couldn't get into it. It's like, okay, it's a first film. I kinda look at it like the same way you look at um um Nolan first movie. Like Oh, um um following. Follow, follow yeah. yeah, it's like it's good, but you know, it's our first movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And yeah, he does a workable vision, you know, he's one of the three amigos, you yes. know, yeah, he, he loved love he loved all three of them I find in terms of filmmaking. But yeah, I um Big fan. I, I am a big fan of his style and his vision. He's the one guy who still uses a lot of costume shit. Pacific yes. Room was pretty awesome because of that. Like, the new Pacific Rim looking wild and over the top, but like, you're totally missing that touch of a proper filmmaker. Now. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and on the subject of Pacific Rim, what I loved about it, because um, I actually own the Blu ray and I watch, like, the behind the scenes stuff. you believe, like, you know, just in the detail in the, um, the, uh, gosh, I forget any name of the mechas themselves, uh, but you see. And I'm a big I fan. Ready? Right, no. Ready, Kaiju, yeah. The oh gosh, is a is a German name. I forget the name. yeah Jaegers, right? Yeah, there's yeah. little little minute details in how these Jaegers look now. Whether it's like the Russian one or the Chinese one, there's these little things yeah. now. And you know, it's for somebody like that to put that much care and thought into it now. And you know, as you have, you just look at it like, oh yeah, that's a Russian one because it', it green. And there's the, the the Chinese one because it it gold and it blue. Ah, sorry, it gold and it red. You know, it's like and they have have extra see it from, arm. Yeah, they have an like extra arm, so whatever. But you know, that, uh, what I love about Del Toro is that he just puts so much care into just how everything looks, the craft into, the, you know, the designs into everything. And I really really love that about him. Uh, but yeah, continue.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, um, he yeah he has a specific. Yeah, re- again, he does the whimsy stuff. He's a big time nerd. Um, oh, yeah, so you're oh, going to yeah. yeah. yeah, so get a bunch of stuff. I mean, he in one of those Kojima video games now coming out. Um, He's a guy who just have a working sense of, right, the idea of, again, he does the idea of Dark Wimsy quite well, Um, and again, he does really geeky stuff quite well, so I would like to see, he has a really good sense of vision, and a classical sense of vision, even yes, though yes. he's a modern geek kid type, you know, he's, he's the Peter Pan type, and but he really has a good workable talent Um, going forward no. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, he's a big I'm not the biggest, biggest fan, I'll admit as a, from a filmmaker standpoint, but you know, he could still do a lot of stuff, you not that old, you know he, he can make a lot of, he's a big fan of him, I good we're getting to well, his latest film, which kind of continues on that trend
0: yeah, yeah, um, and the reason why we, we talking about all this though, because um, you know, like, what's the big deal, right uh, is because for the first time in his career, make note of that the first time in his career man, finally get a, 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 a nomination for best director yeah so that's like a big deal it's like a huge achievement so like i am on the fence now like i'm kind of wondering now with this movie here the shape of water um is this the movie that will get him that award is it the time now for him to really win it or yeah, just... does he just have to work at some more pet projects and
1: then you'll nah, actually it the 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 Oscars is implicitly political. Not not necessarily in terms of structure, but just in terms of like overall cultural pushing and who gonna get what and whatnot now. Yeah. And yeah, it the multiple a multitude of reasons why he could get through with, with um Shape of Water, at least some something now. I really don't think it'll be as it's gonna be this year's colour purple or anything like that. Um <laughs> Wow. Well, that, yeah. that
0: that comparison though, sorry.
1: Right, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. just a, a ton of nominations. Um it's well we could talk about it, but um, you know, it's a it's a the Mexican director you know the, the subject matter and the material of the, and the su- of the of shape of water and everything that's lining up and yeah there's a lot of solid talent in the film as well yeah um, and again he's the last of the three amigos to so not get anything yes it uh, federally feels like well a working precedent going on here now
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so I don't know we'll see
0: yeah uh, I just want to jump in into what the um, shape of water is about
1: all right no problem all right. so it's about uh woman by the name of eliza Mm -hmm. she's lower middle class cleaner for some secret type company um she's also mute and she eking out her life with you know um i forget the um olivia spencer's name
0: oh you mean octavia sorry octavia Octavia spencer's name uh she's zelda
1: zelda thank you and basically she in this um this weird facility, not sure what they do exactly, it's a secret shit, but it just, she just cleans stuff up. Right. And what happened is that they found something very strange happened one day where they brought in something, a creature, some weird creature. Mm-hmm. And she, what she do? she basically got a relationship with this creature and shenanigans ensues. We have people like uh, Richard Jenkins and... Michael Shannon and yes, our boy, that Michael guy is a serious man. Well, I, always, I always forget his name, but he has a really good year because he's in three movies, three Oscar movies this year, actually.
0: Oh, uh, you mean uh, Michael St- Stuhlbarg? St- yes. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Stuh Stuhlbarg Stuhlbarg whatever.
0: Right? Stuhlbarg, yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah, and it's pretty good. Uh, we'll talk about just the general narratives. Uh, I'm gonna start. It's not the best. Not the best Del Toro film. Nope. No, no, no. And as a oh. fan, I,
0: I, I could I could see that without any hesitation. It's not his yeah. best work by far, but nope. in no way is to say this is is, it, is um, his worst film today. I don't think no, there's, but... there's been like an actual like L, like a big dud in his career so far, which is you know a testament exactly. to how great of a filmmaker he is. But yeah, continue.
1: Right. And so it's a really, really good film in my opinion. It works on several levels. Um he is a person that, I I won't go as far as saying it's a little contrived in terms of what it wants to talk about, but it does this very, very well because of the the whole 1950s aesthetic and the idea of marginalized groups and then the subtext for marginalized groups. So you have a black woman and you have um, who'll be in mute and then one fish guy and then will Richard Jenkins character is gay and it's the them coming together to cater to that. And the Academy really loves that shit. Oh especially boy. if it you know, if you don't put the middle finger into the face or that type of liberal, like, say, a movie like Get Out. Yeah. Right? Get Out, a little more little more testy with the, with the premise, right? And the movie works. It's well, well, I think it's well shot, well done, well colored. Um, Michael Shannon could have been a little crazier. <laughs> Although he has one moment, that's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I the way <laughs> you know talk about it is a bathroom yeah. scene, right? Yes. Right.
1: <clears throat> Sorry. Um, no, it's not a bathroom scene. As yes, the scene where, um, he well, he, when he when he goes to Octavia. Oh right, uh, right.
0: Where 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 he went to, to her place? Right, right. I know it. Right, about something. does
1: something, that's really creepy. <laughs>
0: yes, and and could have ended on a bloodbath. Oh, sorry, it was it was kind of leaning towards something like really, right. terribly violent happening. But I'll I'll stop here. Right. I don't want to spoil
1: anything. Spoil yeah. Anyway, it. yeah. So, um, yeah, and they, they have working narratives. Every one of them is about. It's a movie about love ultimately. Um, the final little reveal involving one of these things is like, okay, that makes some sense. I think so. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a little, a little rote, I'll say as a film, you know, in terms of the techniques and approaches, but for the most part, it works. Um, it, of course it, you know, given the nature of the material, it's this dark, whimsical stuff. It's, but it, it, it flips everything. It's, it's, I'll say, I'll go as far as saying it's, it's basically suburbicon done right. Um, <laughs> Oh, you mean with, with
0: the, uh, the time period and with, the, yeah right
1: with a little bit of fight with a little bit of nice dark fantasy involved. Mm-hmm. Um sprinkled in there. And yeah, it is a solid, solid narrative. Not a brilliant narrative, it's kinda of straightforward. Um a couple little rewrites sort of fix a couple things for me. Um but for the most part it works. Um yeah, not just my like first take on the matter.
0: Okay. Um but alright, well I agree with you for the most part. Like I, I, I won't say it is his best work, but um I'd actually go out of my way and say it's probably one of the, probably his most edgy work so far, um, and one of, probably his most accessible work to date, uh, because for one thing, it really concentrates heavy on the human characters and the human characters are so, I will not say likeable, but they're so relatable and American as well, because this man is like really pushing this whole, like 1960s America. At first I was singing the 1950s, because the music and stuff that I was playing, um, but it's really set in, like, the early 1960s. Well, I think it's 1962 when it's based, right? Right. Um, so,
1: well, at that, that time, it's roughly the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, it has yeah. this really Americana kind of feel to it now, which, um, honestly, I've never seen in any one of his films, even those that were set in America, like, say, um, you know, Hellboy 1 and 2. Um right. It feels like this kind of love letter also to, to old school movies as well, especially, like, old sci-fi, because it has this sort of, like... Um, 50s cold war sci-fi kind of felt it um you know it seemed like what uh like see the show for example like what iron giant did like way back when yeah um,
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: that kind of thing now um because this yeah because one thing i didn't expect in this um film as well was um the inclusion of these russian characters uh one of them is played by that same michael Sto- michael so about yeah right, right. Yeah, the, Sto- and they made,
1: him, they made him very sympathetic yes. um yeah yeah but well, they did that quite well but they didn't focus on it too much but there's the idea of the cold war yeah 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 and spying and spying
0: yeah the reason why he was doing it for as well um yeah it's kind of funny that octavia spencer wasn't it because like when because uh got a sense of the the world now what was going on i was thinking hidden figures like one time or something i said wait this is like a spinoff of <laughs> hidden figures here yeah. so she's basically janelle, um janelle mooney's character that kind of
1: you know, sassy bit, yeah. black girl
0: Black woman, sir. That
1: was of. the problem with it. She was a little too sassy black. Like she just it was it she was a little, little bit of a cliche stereotype figure, I thought.
0: Yeah, I'll actually agree, especially with the dialogue and you know the way yeah. how she talks and how she moves and all that kind of stuff. Um I thought honestly that she could have been given a little bit more to do except just be that one person who is just be, be um Um who's by Sally Hawkins who plays Eliza's this her by her, basically by um, at her corner basically just kind of making sure nobody treat her wrong or like nobody yeah, yeah. gives her
1: harm. And she's a, she's a holy line for, for the, the um let's call it by when you punch cards.
0: Yes yes yes. Uh, but I thought that she could have been given a little bit more to do. Um But I mean acting wise, she's great. Everybody is great as well. I wouldn't say but I wouldn't say that Octavia Spencer really blew me away. I wasn't expecting her to anyway. But it just felt right. like. I will not say that she phoned it in, but, you know, because she's such a great actor already, you know, it's almost like it could have just given her just a little bit more to do where she could actually, like, challenge herself a bit. Um, right. Richard Jenkins, who plays um, Giles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he, was, he, he, he played um, Sally Hawkins' neighbor. Um, I thought yeah. that his, his character was great as well, but I felt yeah. that, you know, because later on we learned that he is gay enough, I felt that it could have... Um, they could have expanded on that a little bit. They just give him uh, yeah. a scene where think, basically it where it's like, "Hey, this is this is how this is how he really moves," and you're like, "Okay, well, why don't we just explore that a little bit more?" It's just like a moment that happens literally, and they never go back to it basically. Right. Um, I thought yeah. I,
1: I thought I thought he was great as well. Um, but my problem was. Again, yeah, you're yeah, right. It's a little bit of a fleshing out that needed to happen. Yeah. So it's just like, well, he just day mm-hmm. for being there. Like, yeah. all right, I, nothing really informed the character for the sake of the story, no? Yeah, you know, Katuosi C- C- was,
0: was like real interesting. Like that, you know, he was wondering why he's be home all the time, why he loves right. musicals so much, why he draws a lot, you know, that kind of thing. And then that right. one moment happens, like, oh, okay, well, okay, maybe that's why again, he's so they don't lonely. Up on. They just never follow up the, on it.
1: The purpose of it was just to show, well, the multicultural versus the white guy. That's like, yes, how it yes, came yes. across. So yeah. well, alright, I'm about gay guy? Alright, cool. Like it's just up. like you probably felt like a box being checked.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um as far as Michael Shadow, you know, performances go, um, yeah, this, this one stood out a lot. Not as much as all I do, like I really wanted him to kinda of amp it up a little bit, a little be a little bit more menacing. Uh, but you know, if it was like a true Del Toro film, like say, remember the um the the captain from um from Pants Labyrinth, how vicious he was. But you yeah. know There was like A little conscience in him Especially near in the end You know If you saw the film you understand know, What I'll talk about But here it was like Kinda grey But a little too grey You know Almost like He have this um This mean streak Basically But he w- He didn't come off to me As inherently evil man, You know It was just like Right yeah he could work with you you could talk to him good but you know every once in a while he might slip and might just move creepy and might just trick right you that, I, thought, I thought
1: i like thought i thought he was a a really like oh, he was a over like okay so if you say richard then he was a bit underwritten he was overwritten because they just had to make him the worst person ever yeah well well
0: that's the thing too because like, felt like the, that. The, the moments where he does come off as a medicine and creepy he was like real medicine and real creepy jerk
1: but I, yeah, exactly. But, but to I, the point I of being, they, they...
0: to the point of being cartoonishly. No, I'm sorry. Right, exactly. and... I thought
1: he was a little too, little too cartoony villain, so yeah, it was. I, kind of well, hilarious to
0: but in he, uh, un... he Boston yeah. people are wrong.
1: You know, he Boston people are wrong, and he don't respect the scientists, and then he's a douche, and then he click, he straight up torturing fish guy. Then yeah. he tried to he come on to Sally Hawkins character, uh, to Eliza. I was like, oh come on, you're, you're gonna make him a, 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 a creeper too yeah uh you need to do all of this like and, he, and, I and then the Kee- are Kee-
0: relationship with him and his family especially with his wife like this is one really uncomfortable scene you're right with him and his wife That's... and you're like um okay <laughs> dial it back a little bit there what's going on here?
1: right i find it a little
0: too much yeah uh but but you are right dude. i really felt that they kind of overplayed his villain too much though like they just need to me just need to kind of make up his mind what he was you now you know was he just kind of you know, creepy against women, or just creepy against you know right. um, minorities, whatever it is. It just felt like it was just all the the the, the troops of like fifties or sixties male villains basically um But sally Hawk but they gonna is... make
1: him. They to make him like subtle, like you see. Okay, you, you mentioned Iron Giant, but um, before, remember mm-hmm. um, I mean, the man single character. Yes, he was like up a, a, to me a perfect like reference point. They coulda do it him, but he. They take that and carry like. Mansfield, Who is the cartoon? Less cartoony than Michael Shannon.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, what else? Uh, Sally Hawkins though, Um, she she was great. I thought she was great. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. She was great. She deserves that best actress nomination here, uh, because she has to do a lot, especially because she well, each played a new character, so she has to convey a lot, not just with her hands, duh, but also with her with her mannerisms, her face as well. Um, and it was this whole her character was developed as well too, was rather complex. Like you know, just the little things you learn about her. Her little daily habits, that's all I will say One involving an egg timer that caught me completely off guard And we just dropped that on you in the first five minutes I was like, wow, okay Del Toro being a little mature here, alright Okay, (laughs) alright That's why I say it has a more accessible feel to it now It doesn't feel like like a fairy tale Like, you know, say Devil's Backbone or Kronos Or, you know, his, his Spanish language stuff now it felt like a true American film, like how a Hollywood film would be, you know. Like his little take on that. Uh, but yeah, I thought that her character was like, like real you know, really compelling as well too, and you the stuff that she did and what was pretty interested of course though even though you kinda don't buy into it completely, but I guess that's the point. Is the relationship with her and the um the amphibious character. I know they sold it out in the trailer as well, but I was like, wait, wait, right. wait, wait. They're really going to have um, this sort of what love like... thing going on here? And then it kind of gets right. sexually like, um... I'm
1: but not sure problem... if I'm supposed
0: to buy into it or if this some well, kind okay, of so, movie tribute
1: yeah, or what. Remember I mentioned what happened? So I mentioned earlier the last scene when they revealed something about her and I was like, well, right, is yeah. this? No, here's the thing. It's it's not clear if what happened at the end is is actually happened. It's not clear. Um, yeah, I it's, it's, it's
0: ambiguous, sure. but then you know, yeah. that, that, but that, if, again, if, his movies, well, especially like Pants Library, for example, that has a biggest end. But is either right. you buy into what you think this it all depends on what you think the ending is or what it means, right?
1: So, yeah. I I have no problem accepting that it could be vague or whatever it is. But if I were to read it as what I saw on screen, uh, that kind of undermines somebody, the somewhat undermines the relationship, now in mm. a sense, because if the idea is that it's supposed to be, and well, you can make the analogy. Interracial, then it kind of throws off the whole thing, kind of. Well, I should say interspecies because it throws off the whole premise, no? Yeah. With the reveal, there's a reveal at the end, and it's like, all right, if that is the case, what? All right, but I, I will to think it's just entirely fantastical. Not, not it's like whatever happened, it totally happened in her head. Um, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, and and that's the next thing too, because like for me, because I was looking at the the aesthetic, the story, everything, went set, all that kind of jazz. I said to myself, this is, like, old-school sci-fi, Now, Like, this is yeah. Del Toro doing old-school sci-fi. Like, I wouldn't have thought of it as being... Yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon. So I wasn't thinking of it, like, oh, it's, it's another Del Toro fantasy film. Even though technically it is, not just because it's Del Toro, but also the way how it's designer, you know? The the little callbacks to musicals as well. Especially that, like, one particular scene that, like, com- caught me completely off guard. But I'll just say it's, like, um... It's Del Toro's version of La La Land. That's all I'll say. Caught me completely um, off guard, and I was like, wait. Um, right. This is kind of goofy, but. It, well, I ah. it it's,
1: it's of its purpose. Because yeah, of Doc, at least they set it, it up
0: for. well enough. They set it up well. Right. that. So it didn't come out of left field, but they set it up well. So yeah, that, that one, he was kind of goofy, but it was kind of sweet and charming as well. But I think my main issue is, serious. oh yes, and of course Doc Jones was great as well, but I find that they just really didn't give him that much to do now um in terms of his right. character i think they could have developed his character a little bit more um shown him a lot more now cause i find it was just more about the characters involved in you know his his journey basically it wasn't about him himself it was about everybody right. else um and After i felt he... like if you saw more of him then i would have believed the whole love thing that was going on between um eliza and that creature
1: Right. Yeah. Um. Well, for me, the main, only big problem with the movie is yeah. Well, the script itself, as I mentioned, I, well, I mentioned to when, when I was talking to when we, when we were at Woodwin. Yeah. Uh, oh, it needed one more script rewrite. Just a yeah. Fix I, I, I,
0: I I I would I would agree with you because um honestly I find, uh, to me um, although I know that he he had you know great intentions with it but I find that the movie kind of lost focus a number of times it was about yeah. this character going through this it was like Rich Jenkins going through this then we yeah. had to talk about Sally, Je- um, Sally Jenkins going through that um, and then Octavia Spencer going through this and you know it just spent so much time on other characters almost as like wait well, so what about what about the elephant in the room what about the actual creatures how come they're not doing anything with, with him really so yeah. what's, what's going on here and that's where it became less of a fancy and more like well this is some kind of period piece kind of sci-fi thing you know something like that now.
1: yeah yeah and it, my attitude was um you know one of the well the big problem was the actual narrative itself um mm-hmm. the, the working plot especially coming on to the end i was like you know they could have come up with a better way to resolve this and address that in this way in terms yeah. of the piece and then the timing and then the building the tension wasn't built up properly um you kind of saw a lot of it coming when you when the big well it's a big thing that happens at the end of the culmination of the uh and and it's like, okay, well, I kind of saw that coming, whatever. That's it. And story over. Um, yeah, 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 It just kind of... Uh, I would, say it, would say it wraps
0: up. up quickly. It just kind of... It's like, all right, well, you know, we have a um Right. Yeah, kind of wrap things up, so let me just do everything all quick and speed it up.
1: And it felt it felt like a little too in in the lines, painting within the lines too simple now, too straightforward. And again, it could have come up with a better way. And then, well, something with Michael Stolberg involving, Michael Stolberg and Michael Shannon coming out the end, I was like, ah, uh, you could have do this a little different. I'd have changed some of the dialogue in the scene and make it flow a little better. Yeah, um,
0: uh, uh, and what I mean, Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. That's about it. I yeah. overall, I really enjoyed this movie. Overall, I didn't have any major, major problems with it. In no massive sense, just the little, small, little holes yeah. that kind of add up. Um, I won't go as far as saying a death of a thousand cuts or anything like that, but just a small no. handful of problems that could have uh, make it go from being good, which I thought it's it's actually perfectly fine, to I think it could have been great, but it just kind of missed that one step or two.
0: Right. Um, mm. And, of course, well, technically, of course, because it's a Del Toro movie, you know the thing looks good. So, yeah, cinematography is on point. It looks gorgeous. Um, I love the sort of... Um, sort of aqua colors that he use here. A lot of, um, like, you know... Greens and blues, and every once in a while you'll see like a little amber as well. Too, you see like some oranges yeah, yeah. and yellows it, and it, stuff it like great. that. It looks great. It Looks great. That cinematography. You saw
1: water's quite good. It's called called shape. Water It's shot well in terms of the whole water. The general theme of water, rain, uh, water moving all over the place. Everything is water, 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 it all over the place. You knew what to look for. It's pretty obvious and in your face, but still well done. Well shot. Yeah. Water's hard to shoot. Okay, you could fuck things up with your camera.
0: Uh-huh. Uh um, And yeah, finally yeah and finally last things last the music i thought was great as well um I, of course oscar woody um i like how whimsical and i don't want to say dark it just feels like some like a product of it, it sounds like a 50s film now but in a very good in, in, in a great way it has this sort of romantic kind of feel to it but not too romantic as well um right. you know without so no too artificial now. and i think it really works it it adds a lot to to the story but um but yeah for me like i wouldn't say it's his best movie to date but you know if the man wins fit i'll be like all right well you know it was it was years and it was it had to happen at some point in time and you know i'll I'll be proud of him but uh for me though this is like i say is, is easily his most accessible work and yeah i mean i have no quarrels with it but i do agree with you the script really does need some work i really do find that it bounce it really does bounce from character to character a lot, and you don't get to see enough of the the creature itself, which is kind of against the points you know what I mean? But still, for forward to it, I will still give this a lighter, decent four to five, man. This is um uh, this is one you should check out, um, on the big screen. It's actually coming out down here, in Trinidad um later on this month. Well, nice. okay, I should say let me let me freeze that. It's coming out the same day as um as Black Panther, boy.
1: Oh wow! And I'm like okay.
0: God, but really, dread so y'all coulda bring this out um, the Wednesday when well the, this Wednesday coming up at the time of this recording when three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri is coming out right that would have been a great deep um, double but nah 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 you just want exactly. to bring it out when Black Panther's out because I don't know, right but yeah this is one um, you should check out on the big screen or you know get on Blu-ray whatever it is uh, but you'll if if you're a Del Toro fan you'll love it um, I wasn't that. Totally amazed by it, but you know, as a Del Toro fan, I appreciate what it is he did. But for now, yeah, lighter, decent, four to five for me. So, what yeah, is your
1: uh, rating? Yeah, for me, I give it as just a solid movie tongue. Um, it works for the most part. Um uh-huh. there's a handful of issues, but it didn't. It didn't rope me now with the way I thought it would have roped me. um Just solid, good. Yeah, worth your money in that sense. Go see it in movie tongue, but not worth your full IMAX whatever, right? So, yeah. So, it's um, that.
0: and I'll just see this inclusion. Um, I'm hoping that it does win at least one award. It may not be Best Director. It may not be uh, Best Actress. But I really want it to win something. If it win Best
1: supporting uh, uh, Actress yeah, for Octavia it, it,
0: Spencer, so I'll be like, um...
1: Nah, nah I don't nah, think... might have a few. Nah, I don't think so. What I feel it might get is, like, costume stuff. Um, You know, just the technical stuff, it, it did well, no. Yeah,
0: even if it win Best Original Score, I'll be glad. You know what I mean? If You know, something right. like that. Yeah, really right. opened get a colorful. Eh? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. And it might win. It might win director. It might. Yeah, like I say, if 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 he wins, I'll be glad. I'll be glad. I mean, Del Toro fan, man. I mean, yeah. I want to, I want to see the man win. I want, and he worked hard enough to reach there anyway. You know what I mean? But, um, and I'll just say this in closing, no, though. I you know, I just want him to just keep making these really imaginative films. I love the fact that. He just has these ideas in his head he just has like these sketchbooks and he just draws all these ideas out and he wouldn't even like he would be working on a project and then he would just jump it later on like what he did with pan's labyrinth like he had idea from like since chronos days like back in the in the 90s you know but he he never let go of those ideas he just kept expanding on it and then yeah the rest is history right. you know what i mean so i just want to see him make more of these imaginative movies you know what i mean and really push fantasy you know and sci-fi to you know oscar-worthy levels yeah. Now moving on to a movie that um, you and Summer were praising the, the hell out of um, when we did our Oscar picks. It put both all in a high. And so much a high that I just had to see the show for myself. I had to see if this thing was really worth that praise or they were given it by Darkest Hour. Yeah. Um, this is directed by Joe Wright. Um, he is the guy who gave us Hannah, um, which was a great action yeah. thriller. I really enjoyed that. And um, Pan, that movie that that was critically ripped to shreds by—that's the Peter Pan film. Yeah, that was like the last Peter Pan film, the one that real people take shots at because it was just so terrible. Okay. Yeah, he also okay. did *Atonement* and uh, *Pride and Prejudice*, but um, I I I ain't seen them shows, so yeah. Right, right. But anyway, um, so this film pretty much is uh, based on the um, the times, basically, not so much the life, but the times of uh, Winston Churchill right yeah and set during much. um the well the early 1940s and this is around the time when the nazi regime were you know um were basically um laying yeah, waste so, to, like the the french forces and stuff like that and they were yeah, like much. nearing the, down the... To, to england at the time so um
1: yeah, uh, this france, jump into story. Surrender.
0: yeah uh, so this is the story right so yeah france did surrender um and you know at the time no, well there was there was another prime minister in power and they felt that you know he just wasn't the man to really you know, approach this, this serious issue now So they appointed Winston Churchill Even though some people were like, well, nah, 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 nah not him man. He, he just too, he just don't work well with people And he's stubborn and he this and he that, you know what I mean? But, you know, they picked him all the same now And he basically, well, I mean, he had to give the people hope as well But at the same time, he felt that there was a need for, you know The British troops to go and to literally go out there to, to, to stop in Nazi regime, and some people were against that.
1: They were like, "Well, no." So yeah, it's, yeah, it's the situation Dunkirk, so they were more or less being routed out of um, France. No? Yes, yes, uh, yes. So they had to essentially. That's a big evacuation problem. Is that they were stuck, right? Um, so first of all, Dunkirk. Yeah, um, and, and as you so see that it's though, it's,
0: yeah, it's it's a, it's a really nice companion piece to um to Dunkirk, right? right. But yeah, so the the the, the British troops were be stuck where they were, and you know. Um, of course, the decision would have been like, well, you know, just have them retreat. Have them come back home. But Churchill was like, no, we can't let this tyranny, you know, overpower us. We can't let this tyranny win. They were enough. trying
1: to negotiate a peace deal with um Italy.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And the yeah, idea well, is... Mussolini uh, okay,
0: and those guys, yeah.
1: Right. So Italy was well, allied Germany at the time. And the problem is that... yeah. Uh, he, he had no quarter with it. And then the idea was, all right, well, we if the if the plan was we, well, more or less capitulate to Italy, and they would more or less spare everybody in Dunkirk and retreat their forces from, to spare the men and let um, Britain bring them back now. And Churchill was like, no, nah, we had to a, had a straight up rescue the men. Capitulation is our worst option, in his opinion. And, yeah, that is pretty much what they do with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay. Um, but... Well, just to jump into the review here, but one thing that, that I really liked about the film is that um, it didn't really focus heavily on, on war itself. Like, you do see some some yeah. shots of war, some really excellent-looking shots of very creative um, usage of um, just imagery and camera work as well. But right. um, it's really about Churchill himself, you know, just as a political figure. And how, not just how the, the, the people saw him, but, you know, Parliament itself, you know. How, how some people were like, well... All right, this guy kind of talks, he talk, but he do not exactly walk the walk that much. Um, some people felt that he talked way too much. Some people fe- felt that he mumbled. He's He wasn't a good speaker as well, and you know, sometimes he just made decisions, but he didn't really think about them clearly. But you could tell deep down inside this man um, just really was determined. He really had that that ironclad belief that, you know, um hitler's tyranny should not should not um overpower england you know they must keep on fighting even he even though he kind of doubts himself and he doubts if this thing will really work out if the if the you know the british army will really win but you know he still held on to his beliefs um and that's one thing that i loved about his character as well um I love how you know how his character was developed as well, um especially how people perceived him as well. You know some people kind of looked at him as some sort of charlatan. You know they would laugh and like, Haha, you know why is this guy moving so and all that kind of stuff. And you know he, did he really say that? You know <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. You know just sticking up the nose to him, basically. But you know I could tell that um that that Winston was here and all that kind of stuff. But still he was like, and oh yes he is arrogant. You know he. Oh, you know we would, no, yeah, he is arrogant. Yes, he is a douche, but <laughs> but not in a heat, not in a, in a hateful kind of way. It was more like, well, yeah, he want to be, he, you know, people throwing shit at him. He want to be blinded, but you know, you could tell that maybe if he just sat down and t- t- take taking a little bit of the criticism, a little bit, you know, things would have played out a lot better. He would have uh, won more hearts, especially in parliament as well. But it was more like, all right, well. I just going to stick to this one thing and we just have to see how things play out. And maybe every once in a while I'll give like a little powerful speech to rally people up now. Um But that's getting into performance one time though, um Gary Oman. Oh my god. Um yeah. this like I've always praised Gary Oman and I was always calling him, like the chameleon of um of of, of um of film, you know, because from ever since I saw him in Bram Stoker's Dracula back in ninety two and then I saw like um, well Great movie from the 80s Called Sid and Nancy Where he played i um, Sid Vicious Right That was like One of his first performances One of his best in my opinion Right And you know I love the way How he always immerses himself Into these characters Even if he has to go A little theatrical And a little over the top Like what he did with Dracula Right um, yep. But here though The only thing That was distinguishable To me Like I knew It was Gary Homer was uh, his eyes That was the only thing Everything else From the way How his face looks From his body you know his clothing, everything. It looked to like I would not see. I I did not. I did not see um, Gary Woman. I saw Winston Churchill on screen. Yeah. And the only thing, yeah. the only way, like I say, how I knew it was Gary Woman was the eyes, right? Those blue eyes, right. right? But dude, that man totally, totally, totally killed it. I said it before, <laughs> you know, in my in my uh in, in the Oscar um thing that we did um last last week. This guy has to win the uh, Best Actor Academy Award for this performance. Right. This, well, this I, still seen,
1: I still haven't seen DDL, but I do agree. More like he could, probably gonna get this because yeah, he was pretty goddamn awesome in this.
0: Yeah, um, he had the one-liners. He had great speeches, um, and something of the one-liners. He had a great one where it's like, um, you do not, um, uh, just paraphrasing the whole thing with the, we do not look down a tiger with it, uh, with your with your head inside of its mouth.
1: Yeah, you don't, right. You don't negotiate
0: with yeah, tiger. No, go, yeah, no, right. You know, you don't negotiate with a tiger with it, with your head in its mouth. You know yeah, that. Right. That to me is like the one-liner of that movie. Um, yeah. But I would make a little argument, though, that to me, he is like the one reason why people would like this movie and why people would check out the movie. I think that he does carry the movie a lot on his shoulders, and that's not to say that the much. movie is terrible. I mean. From a cinematography perspective, this thing is beautiful. It is gorgeous. Yeah, I love, love the use of light and shadow in this film. So yeah. you know, it's it's because I mean the name of the show is darkest hours, so not everything is going to be bright and colorful. Here. You know, there's lots of interior shots. I love how light and shadow are used here, whether it's just you know a character, a silhouette by a window, whether it's just somebody in an elevator, or that great scene with him in the radio, in that radio um, booting. I love the use of light, yeah, there, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that red light. I, I thought just, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Where he was doing that um that speech through the. All right, live... yeah, yeah. Where the uh, right the live the live broadcast. Yeah, the live broadcast. Um, the montage for that was excellent. Um, and the use of montage in it was was great as well. Like um, when you know you saw his um, his um, his assistant or you know stenographer was typing out the speech, and he was practicing yes, awesome. The speech, and then you saw him deliver it. I love that scene. I yes, love it. Um. The music was, was great as well The performances They were Even though I would admit They were kind of they, they were overshadowed By, by Gary Oman's Awesomeness um, They were yeah. great as well Some a couple of um, I saw I noticed a couple of people From like um, Say uh, From Game of Thrones As well were there Which was kind of Not surprising as well I thought that Directing wise It was great though But to me um, I wasn't completely Blown away by it But the reason being Is because um, And this is the reason why um, some people some people, may love it And some people may not like it as much Is that you had to be kind of a history buff To, to understand what's going on here um, right, It doesn't right. hold your hand It doesn't tell you Well, back in 1941 This is what happened right. You have to have a knowledge Of who these characters are So for me, it was just like Okay, I'm learning stuff here This is... Even though I know kind of like the surface level of what went on. I don't know everything that went down behind the scenes. And that's what I love about this show. It really shows you what was going on behind the scenes of the war itself, you know. While right. Dunkirk would have shown you the soldiers and the war that was going on. This one was like what was going on in Parliament while all that stuff was going on. So, I would imagine like if you're like a true history buff, you would like really love this film. you be like, yes this is what i know about this is what i read about in books but for me now because i'm kind of learning this as the time goes as the minutes go by in this film i was just i found myself more and more intrigued by what's going on i was like wow okay okay now now i want yeah. to know more but i felt that if i went in with the knowledge already i'd be like okay they need this point this is true maybe they fabricate this a bit maybe this didn't really quite right. happen the way it did you know um because there are a few things where I would love to believe it happened, like one scene with um with with um with two chill in um in a train in a subway train, right. basically.
1: Total, total fabrication.
0: Yeah, uh, it's no, a, no, great no, a great moment. A great moment. I was like, but all right, wait, no, no, no. Okay, no, no
1: right, right, right. But, So here's the thing. Yeah. Um, uh, as I said, yeah, you you need to be on somewhat of a history box, not not too much. It's out sort of a cursory knowledge of the the time period. Um, and I am marginally familiar with some of this stuff, so I can see right who was what, where, and why. What was going on? Who was this? And then more the little personal internal facts is whether or not you're going to fabricate or not. Um, that, you know, it's kind of similar with any historical film. And yes, it's understandable why you would make the case um, to fabricate a sequence because you need for time. Yes. So you don't, it won't fit in real life time now. So um, there are a couple of factors like, okay, whether or not the guild Brother was uh, a soldier. Oh, was actually in the war, right, right. Right, that's actually not true.
0: Okay, well, I, I didn't even know that. Right. Um, stuff like that, um, but in his story, it, it works, eh? It it because exactly. there's there's a moment uh-huh. where, like one of those kind of um, those moments where the you know your protagonist is in doubt, he, you know he's he's about to give up, and then you know it's just this one person coming and saying, well, you know you got to keep on fighting because this reason.
1: Right, and well, for me how, another thing is that, well, it's only this, again the same train sequence. Um, well, it's a hodgepodge of events, so it's kind of like with remember um, with. Um, Oh gosh, this movie, The Disaster artists. Yes. Where it was one screening. No, it was just multiple screenings that in real life, right? But it's, they had it as one screening in the movie. kind right. of the same thing. They just hodgepodge what... He used to do that. He used to go about in public and kind of talk to people sometimes. Right, thing. I, I
0: imagine that's how it play. okay? He is a politician, right? right? He has to do that. But was it
1: wasn't like, oh, well, he just decided to talk to this one set of people and that is what um, derive the whole thing from Now, yeah. his decision-making, though um yeah that's pretty much the situation in that case now uh so it's stuff like that in mind because it, it get the spirit of what you wanted to do now um yeah. seek us good storytelling so it's not a big problem i don't think they had any major like politically factual things like a couple things involving um oh gosh uh not not um his friend the name slipping right now but not, not uh, prime minister right yeah the other other thing other other thing who had to, um he died and he died a couple months after the decision making so stuff like that now yeah yeah um so thats about it it's not like a it's not like it's a big problem but is um it it is making the story flow That's yeah. any philosophy like any historical account stuff it, 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 the probability of you being trying to be fully accurate is almost always mess up your story you know you have a story you have a story to tell first and foremost and then facts after yeah so a compromise and find a halfway and I kind of what it did, which I which was fine for
0: me. Right, a um, couple other things before I forget that. This is just for people who want to see this film. Huh? Um, I like how unapologetically British it it is. You yeah. Know, um, it's not Hollywood. Like you will know the difference between a Hollywood film. Like if, say, Steven Spielberg were to make a movie about this, you know there would be that 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 lush um, John Williams music in the background for certain scenes. You know there would be that one moment where even though you do have that in where it's like they're driving the force home and you know the music swells up and it's like yeah you know that kind of stuff they do that right. near the end but it's done in you know in this in such a british fashion where where it's not so much about um you know flashiness and showing sure off it's just about what's being said it's more about what's being said than the actual feel of what's going on like you know that that kind of thing is not so much about the the camera work or the cinematography is just about the performances and what's being said here um and you know just the way how the characters talk and interact um you know it really does feel very british it's not about anybody trying to upstage anyone because yeah gary Ullman is the man here in this movie here Um, another thing too yeah this is a this is one of those shows where you have to be patient with it i would say it moves at a snail's pace it takes its time it tells the story well But don't expect it to move fast. Don't expect a lot of things to be, you know, hitting you over the over the head. Um, And because it's set during you know wartime, don't expect to always constantly for the film to just constantly cut back between war um, scenes. uh, For you to be engaged in it, this is more about the the stuff that's going on, you know, while the war was going on. So you have to be patient with it. And you know For some people They might find it to be A chore to sit through A movie like this But you know It's just a bunch of talking And a bunch of politics And blah yeah. blah 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 And a bunch of You know Snotty upper class British people But it's more than that So yeah I mean While I would, while I would imagine myself Being blown away You know Especially if I love You know cause I mean I, I love I love, hist- I love World War II history, yeah, but I just know about it like on the front lines, on the battlefields, that kind of stuff. I don't know about it. I don't know about the internal struggles that was going on during that time. So, you know, because I wasn't too versed in it, I kind of came out of it like, yeah, I enjoyed everything technically, you know, um, thematically and everything, but I wish that I went in with some more knowledge. Then I would have come out like, yeah, I really felt that. Um, and I would say the same thing about a movie that we're going to talk about um, later on the post, but still, yeah. for me, you know, um, this is a labor of love. You could see it. You could see it in every frame, every shot. And of course, Gary Oldman just kicks. Um, just you know, just kicks it. I was gonna see knocks it out of the park there, but yeah, you know, he kicks it. He kills it. He does all kind of things here. Yeah. Um, and I really rooted for this man to win. Um, yeah. but yeah, other than that, though, as as far as historical biopics do, um, biopics go, sorry, uh, this is this is this is solid business. This is a very impressive film here. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with that. So um, for me, I would give this a decent four man, decent four to five stars for me. Okay. Um, if you get a chance to see it on big screen, please, please do. Or you could just yeah. wait till the end of this month. I believe it's February twenty seventh when it's coming out on home media. Um, you know, if you get a chance, buy it. You know, check it out. Um, but you believe me, you'll be blown away by Gary Oldman's performance. You is is just how he is so immersed in his character. You don't even see Gary Oldman. You know. You don't even right. get his mannerisms at all It's just Churchill And once again because I'm not a big history buff In terms of that I can't say well you know this is um, Yeah he, he, this is how Churchill really was And this is how he sounded like And all these kind of things I don't know I just know him as a part of history I never saw uh, Sorry I never heard any, I never saw um any Like archival footage of him Or ever heard anything from him You know what I mean But still Um this is a career-defining performance for me, and I mean, and yeah. that's that a lot seen. You know, that's seen a lot because um, Gary Omer has been in the game for years. I mean, for years. But you know, if you just need one reason to see this movie, it's Gary Omer. It's but other And that, though, if if you love you, your World War ii history, and if you just want to learn more, because this is a rather informative film, that more informative than entertaining, then yeah, give this one a look.
1: Definitely give uh, it Yeah, one. this, 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 uh, you know, the first time I heard this from I really thought it was going to be on HBO. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It felt so, yeah. like
0: one of those. Yeah. Uh, but or it could yeah. Be like
1: a little uh, miniseries or something like that. Right. Well, not miniseries, a miniseries, as an HBO movie. Um, uh, if it had a lower budget, it would have been that. But yeah, um, this, for me, was really, really good. Um, It, it had a couple of, again, with the, with the inaccuracies, but it, for the serving to the, the purpose, it, it works well. Um, It's pretty standard stuff when it comes to biopics, for the most part. Nothing brilliant, brilliant, but because of Gary Wilmot's performance, puts it over the top there. Um right. Again, excellent editing. It really, really works for me. Yes. Yeah, I'll give this one like a low IMAX. All right, uh, all right, all right, Right. Right. It, it does stumble a little bit in when it comes to the general narrative, but where it's strong, it's very, very strong. Yes. Um, And I get why the this, this Switch on serve so its purposes. So that's pretty much it from me for that. Ah, uh, yeah, low Max.
0: Cool. All right. So um, continuing the, the Oscar, well, the Best Picture Oscar nominees, now we're going to get into one that has been getting like a shit ton of praise since it come out. Many people call it one of the Best of the Year. And, um, well, you didn't see it, but uh, what I'm talking about is... Uh, movie by the name of call me by your name um, yeah. which is based off of the novel of the same name it came out in um, 2007 um, this is directed by uh italian director by the name of luca guadagnino uh, forgive me if i got the name wrong um, he made films that i have yet to see like a bigger splash and uh, the protagonist and i am love right so this here is uh well it's pretty much like a kind of american um italian production well co-production i should say because yeah. um okay so the leads here we have um well timothy chalamet uh chalamet sorry yeah last time i saw him actually believe it or not was in um another best picture oscar nominee uh ladybird he was the the, the sec uh, second of um ladybird's um boyfriends that she had in the right. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was that that punkish kind of guy the you know the emo guy the band, yeah yeah um and he was also in um interstellar as well um
1: uh, all right yeah right
0: yeah um, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know? yes 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 in done. that movie Jared. um we also have army army hammer sorry um and i'll right. confess i'm not the biggest fan of him i haven't seen all of his movies i haven't seen um no, man lone for uncle yet
1: i, I did no, I, I see the right. saw... lone
0: ranger lone ranger was terrible yeah.
1: terrible he i well, I generally i actually defend man for uncle for the most part but yeah he's an actor who's been fluctuating but uh i heard he really fits this role quite well yeah yeah, yeah. uh well,
0: well i'll talk about his performance in a bit and uh we also have once again michael stuleberg Sulebach, sorry. yeah um, yeah right. he, he is in three of the four movies that we we talking about here today so of course you know the next yeah. one is the post yes he's in that movie too wow he has had a year right um, so basically uh, this story is um, set in the early well' let's say the mid 80s it's set in um, in Italy and um, right. Timothy plays the character of Elo Pullman um, he is a Jewish American Italian boy um, he lives in in this, um, he lives in this in this um, well, the countryside basically, Italian countryside with his uh, parents. Um, his father actually is a archaeology professor, and um, he invites one of his graduate students. His name is Oliver, to um, just pretty much to to stay with them for a while, like you know, just basically on vacation, if you will, you know. So um, this guy, um, Oliver, is played by Army Hammer. Um, so he shows up and this is during the summer as well so you know it's just and this is like um the vibe of the film as well it has this sort of lazy sort of meandering kind of vibe where it's like you know it's summer you know you kick back relax you know there's moments of characters going into the you know into the river and you know swimming and stuff like that they have little parties they have little cookouts and stuff like that you know it's just right. rocking back chilling you know just living life basically right but uh, what makes things interesting now is that um hello um has this fascination with Oliver, right? And then, and uh, what makes this film pretty interesting, you know, certain films, uh, one in particular I have to call out uh, Play the Devil, Trinidad's Play the Devil. Um, well, okay. I don't know if you saw that, Ricardo, but basically, it was it. where an older man was trying to track this younger boy because he was right. attracted to him. So in this film here, it's the reverse of that. It's Elo, the okay. younger guy. And he is, um, he is attracted to Oliver, you know. He's a suave, handsome dude. And I'd admit, Ami um, is, is, is kind of a handsome dude. So, Yay. you know, Elo being young and precocious already, you know, he is attracted to this guy. And he's that type of person that, you know, well, because they do spend a little time together... Um, <laughs> most times, Elo, you know, you know, both of them always appear to be shirtless, you know Whether they go in, whether um, they go in to sleep or whether they go in by the river to swim and whatnot They always kind of see each other shirtless, though, so I see where the physical attraction comes into play there So right. Elo is like, you know, real trying to hit on him Well, it's kind of subtle as well, you know, kind of hugging him Not hugging him, but kind of coming up from behind and, you know, that kind of stuff there So it's that kind of, you know, little subtle touches and all that kind of stuff but then eventually it develops into like an actual relationship between the two so yeah they they, they, they hug and they kiss and stuff like that so it's an uh, openly gay relationship here Um, but that kind of affects, well in terms of Elo's um, perspective, well in terms of Elo's story um, there is a a local, well this local girl uh, who lives in the area uh, who is attracted to him and they have this sort of on again off again relationship here but you know, to him it was just like, well, you know, it's, it all? It's all a matter of like emotions. Uh, if I'm feeling any moment, and if I'm not feeling you, well, you know, whatever. So, <clears throat> um, it's he. he does kind of come off more as a, as a pansexual character. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but in the film they do kind of play it off as you know homosexual here, especially with Oliver's character here. Um, and basically, the film is just kind of just exploring and observing their relationship over the course of this summer. Um, I'm not going to spoil the end here, but um, I would say it results in this long take. And when you do see this long take, you'll be like... Also, oh, that's why they nominate him as Best Actor. Okay, that's why yeah. they nominate Timothee Chalamet. Um, all, it does involve him. That's all I will say. But it's just a one shot where I was like, okay, 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 this man... This man, this man has something. This this this, this, right. this dude has something, to right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump into the film as well. Um, so the praise that this movie is gay this is pretty interesting because just right off the intro, the opening credits of uh, of it, I was like, all right, this is this is clearly an art film, all right. And I have no problem with art films. I love certain art films from certain directors. I don't like all of them, uh, but the art films that I really um, gravitate to are the ones like from the sixties, the ones that kind of help define cinema like, you know, Jules at Jim from 1962. And I was thinking about that movie in particular because it does involve a romance. Well, more of a a love triangle, which was with these two guys who were in love with the same girl. But in this case now, it's, um, you know, it's um, Timothy and Ami clearly in love. But at the same time, oh, yes, I forgot to mention, um, Ami does have like a little relationship with with um, with a young woman. In the village as well too so right. it's kind of like a love triangle kind of thing but maybe not you know so they both have their sort of um, heterosexual stuff that they deal with but you know you can tell that they really do have this sort of affection and love for, for one another right um but yeah with jules at gym though um i was noticing in terms of just the idea of archaeology because um just like in that movie there's some um, some shots um, well, one montage is basically where they they're looking at these um these sculptures. Of course it's you know sculptures of men, you know, you know I talk about the um the uh I forget what you call it, the Milo I forget what you call it, something the Milo of it is like that. It's this real famous um this famous sculpture of like this like the meal figure, not like the this really right. handsome Greek meal figure basically like that. Um and you know, just it kind of adds a lot to this movie here, and this kind of obsession with the male form as well, with the male gaze, basically. Um, also, too, um, it does have a couple of uh, like artistic little moments as well, visually. Like, there's one scene where, like, a quick scene actually, is like a flashback, and it adds this sort of dark room sort of visual to it. I was like, okay, okay, I know I saw that before in a movie already, like another art film, but for the um, life of me, I can't Vicky, remember what it is.
1: Vicky Cristina, Barcelona.
0: Uh, it's not that, um, actually, it's, it's an older film, but it's one that used that same sort of darkroom effect, I can't remember what it is. Right, red effect, yeah. Yeah, um, but, you know, on the subject of art film, uh, one thing I really love about this movie here is that it does harken back to that old era of, of, um, of art film, where, you know, it right. was, it was really, uh, a true, um, Uh, Contrast to like stuff that was coming out of Hollywood, right? So you know, like it's like those European films, those French, Italian films, for example. This one takes its time; it's slow, a little it a little slower. Times I would admit, but I know to some people they might find this thing really dragging a lot. But I understood where they were coming from because once again, because of the setting of it, it's summer. It's like you know, it's basically you wake up it's always sunny you could always go and swim or hang out with your friends and in the case of italy and this is one reason why i want to go to italy so bad it's just the idea that you could just jump on a bike and just go just ride to the city and do whatever you want that kind of thing like i love that yeah. it really does um it really does romanticize italy in you know in, in a really magnificent way um but really it's about the characters themselves and while they don't really do a lot of while the characters themselves are like complex or like really they don't really go out of the way to really flesh about a lot, but there's a lot of subtlety and nuance in their characters as well. Whether it's how characters react to certain things or, you know, the silence or just stuff that isn't being said, you know, stuff like that. Um, I thought that it added a lot to the to the to the film as well. Even right down to the relationship that um that Oliver has with um with Ello. You know, it's not like telegraph out there like yes, they're gay and you love, blah 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 blah. It's really like, you know Kind of secretive as well Like, you know uh, But at the same time And this is another Pretty interesting thing here About the show Is that Well, the parents Aren't exactly aware of it But they know that There is this relationship Between the two of them This friendship right. At least that's how they call it But, um v- interesting enough This o- this actually caught me off guard uh, Michael uh, Stuhlberg Stuhlberg's character when well, he plays father. Um, Elo's father Um Yeah, he has some Deep-rooted secrets as well Well, slight spoiler He he, he did have Homosexual feelings At a point in time In his life So he right. more than Understands what his son Is going through And while the, the father Kind of treated As a phase, You know And he kind of Expects that um, Expects that same thing To happen to his son He understands Why his son Is going through that He kind of Encourages him to do it But not in a Yeah go out man And have this older man Do every what you want But more in a Yeah just see how it plays out I, I trust you to be smart enough To know how to right. move Right Um what i like to similar to to moonlight it doesn't really glorify or beat you over the head like yes you know it's about this gay relationship um, gay relationship sorry and you know this is like the highlight of the whole movie it's not that really it's really about how humans our character how we in general how we feel towards other people as well you know if we feel passionate towards somebody else how, how would that um play out um if we get jealous or envious because that same person is like you know kissing or dancing with somebody else how how do we feel and also how we deal with that as well you know so even though the the topic is quote unquote taboo um and on the subject of taboo yes there are some moments where yes army and timothy are shown kissing each other up as well i know they will you know um you know there will be that audience that will go to see this movie just to see that I'd be like wow you know we need to see more movies like that You know what I mean and I remember that was like the same thing I know some people would have said about um, about Moonlight Even though that right. movie it was, not, was about- not really about that It was just really this examination of this kid who You know who is growing up in like the worst of the worst conditions But he just so happens to be gay or bi- right. curious, however it is right Right um, so yes while the movie does have those moments it it's not like at the forefront it's not like oh well this is like some kind of gay propaganda film it's just this sort of fly on the wall kind of look at these characters and more or less like a day-to-day kind of look at how these characters move and stuff like that and the relationship does develop and the way how it turns out in the end well, while I won't spoil it it does result in this this truly emotional moment at the end though and um, the way how Timothy really expresses that in the end though was was really amazing and i while while i didn't while the tears didn't come out i really did feel that weight i felt that emotion there you know because in a sense you you want you, you're kind of wondering if this if a relationship like this would ever work out but to me you know just a relationship with a young person and an older person will never work out right. anyway but it right. just but something like that like in the movie plays out quite realistically as well and you know, because you relate to um to Timothy's character a lot, you you kinda do feel that emotion when that moment happens, right? And you understand it in terms of the context, in terms of the whole homosexual context, um, why it happened, you know. It it's kinda heartbreaking, but you know, it's something that, you know, um not I would say you wouldn't you, you, you kinda come to expect but it's like, well, yeah, this is how this is how things kinda play out, you know, unfortunately, you know, not everything's right. gonna play out how you expect it to, you know, that's just life. Right? Okay. Um so as for performances, yeah, I would say that um Timothy is stand standoff for me. Um I like how he plays that character where just, where he plays it realistically, that's how I say. It. It's not right. some kind of big Hollywood kinda overacting kinda thing. He plays like a normal kid. And you can relate to that. You you could tell, yeah, the man just going through the emotions as well. You can understand why he feels that way. You know when he feels bored when he feels horny you know stuff like that you know you get that um army hammer as well too i uh, really appreciates his performance as well um in his case it was just more like uh you know what i just go in at the beat of my own heart however i feel i just gonna move like that you know wherever it is um the other performances were great as well even michael stuhlbarg i thought was great especially that one moment where he stalked his son and he reveals that thing i thought that was great um the meandering narrative might throw people off especially like in the first act where it's like well all right okay i just see like this d to d thing but um where's his story where's when is it gonna pick up and then it actually kind of picks up when you know they do when oliver and and, um and elo start that relationship and still from there it doesn't kind of play out in a hollywood sense it just plays out once again like it's summer like one day they do this and then they go out they go on this trip here they go here they do these kind of things and things are going on that's how it feels so it's really like this condensed version of a summer in these characters lives and once you go in knowing that you'll you'll kind of appreciate the narrative and where they are going for um directing wise well i thought that the cinematography was was gorgeous it was beautiful you really do want to go to italy you really do want to visit the countryside you really do want to to um to experience that life there um it has this sort of 80s aesthetic as well, especially with the um, the title card in particular. Right. Um, which is very 80s in my opinion. Um, but everything else though, like um, has this sort of like artistic feel to it. The way how it's edited, the way how the music feels as well. Um, oh, and, mm-hmm. and as for that best original song, that mystery of love, like I heard it. And it's a really nice, really sweet, very indie kind of song in a way. The It's like, it's meal vocals now, but it's more like it has this sort of I don't see Simon and Garfunkel, but it has a sort of like old '60s indie rock kind of feel to it. But I thought it added a lot to the the romantic vibe of it. And in the end of the day, it is a romantic film, a more like a coming of age film as well too. So it kind of plays right. with both genres a lot, and how it comes together and how it plays out to the end, I thought worked. But I would I would say this though, and I think um, like I wouldn't say this is like a entirely overrated film, but This will play a lot more to the to the art crowd, like you know, art house lovers will really enjoy this one. You want people who like the little mainstream stuff with a little comedy and you know, um, e list character um, performance. I think might look at this and be like, okay, well, all right, that was that was alright, I guess. I mean, it shot well, it acted well, but I don't know. Um, and I will see this here. Like, I would not have put this in my um, in my top seventeen list from last year but this definitely would have been an honorable mention like i see the appeal right. i see why people love it um and it is amazing you know although not surprising now in in our time though, that something like this would come out that really pleased that art house vibe and be praised that much and be nominated for so much awards you know what i mean um i'll just say this inclusive before we get to rated i'll be glad if it wins something um i think that it is award-worthy. It may may not win the Academy Award but you know the the other awards that they won before I think they're well-deserved you know whether it's cinematography or acting and whatnot um I think that the nominees well the nominations that it has received like best original um, song adapted screenplay and especially best actor well-deserved but as for best picture by I don't know I, I guess maybe if it was a full Italian production this easy would have been best foreign language film. For easy, right. easy, easy. But best picture, boy, uh, I don't know. Okay. But at the moment, like I say, I see the appeal of it. This is not a movie that I would go back to in a hurry. But this is one that maybe if I watch a couple more times, I would appreciate it. I really love it a lot more. And I call it right now. I have a sneaky suspicion that one of these days, this will get a Criterion Collection release. Right. But I think it would have gotten it quicker if it was released as Italian you know selling it as this foreign language film would have really made it would have would have, would have, would have made it garner um, an Oscar but who knows you know where the things have happened already in the Academy Awards so right. for me at the moment I would give this a strong 3.5 out of 5 stars man um, it is worth checking out but I would say it's not for everyone the slow pace and the artsy feel of it might turn off some people might find it boring and pretentious and they're not really going anywhere but I would say it's for the patient ones. And um, don't go in expecting this agenda, propaganda kind of piece. There's more to it than that. And that's the one thing that I I could say I really got out of it. It's not just about the relationship between the two, but just, you know, just about growing up, basically. You know, it's something that, that anybody can relate to, you know? So, uh, whether, you know, regardless of your um, preference, I should say. But yeah, uh, for me, strong three and a half out of the five stars seem fair to me. Um, I would right. say... Yeah, give this one a look, man. You you you'll find something in it to to not just enjoy but appreciate. Alright.
1: Yeah, that yeah. uh. I'll to work with it. Uh yeah. I'm gonna check this out as soon as I can, whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, this, uh I uh, to... I would
0: say this also, this this is definitely a gemstone movie. Either a gemstone right. or film festival movie. It has that kind of feel to it, you know. That you know, but as a like theatrical release well, I know I had, I think it had a limited release in the States or that, but yeah, something like that would have never show here because, I don't know, probably like four or five people would actually come to the theatres right. and actually watch a movie like this. Unless, like I say, if you're if you marked it right, like, oh, this is a film festival kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's the audience. Yeah. Let's talk about the latest movie from me Boy by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. The post. Um, so before you get into review, because what well, I want you to talk about it, um you think is what makes this show interesting, um, is that from what I've heard, um he actually made this during the post production of um Ready Player One. Okay. Yeah, so what what happened, what what happened, I assume, is that um he got a hold of the script and he was just so like to me like he felt like it was just something that he had to make right and you know while post-production on ready player one was going on he just said well you know what let me just knock this off let me see what i could do let me just get some some heavy hitters um right. some tv stars uh quite a lot of tv stars in this i'll see
1: that one time yeah, there's this a lot of a um, lot of <laughs> doctors
0: where boy, like, like that man was just like binging us at AMC and Netflix shows. Like, hey, I like this HBO. actor, I want you, I want actor. I saw you that yeah. HBO show, I saw you that FX show, I want you, yeah. you know what I mean? But, um, and yeah, yeah. I'm like, what,
1: yes, what four or five over the top of my head
0: is like, what is Sarah Paulson, yeah, Sarah Paulson, Bob Wooden Cook, um, um, Alison, Alison Breeze in this show, yeah. uh, Miguel um, Carricoon. Yeah, um Jesse Plemons was in this. I was like this show. You know
1: what I mean? yeah, uh, um, uh, Bob Wooden Cook but another classic Mr. Show alumni, um David Cross.
0: Yes, yeah, see it is too. Yeah. Like
1: what David <laughs> Cross was in this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um
0: but yeah, but he you know and of course, well, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks are in this as well. Right
1: big stuff. Nice yeah. big gun. Yeah. Uh yeah, this was um I won't go out far saying it's British Spies all over again, but it had a, Vibe to it, the idea of, yeah. okay, so have serious period in history, Spielberg styled it. Um, it was shot a lot flatter than I expected it. Given yeah. Spielberg,
0: now now I wonder if it had to do with the um, with the fact that he just kind of I don't want to say cobbled this thing like how the decision to make something like this that like. He just got right. this thing and he just kind of shut it. Or oh, I don't know. Maybe that was the point. I don't know. Right. Maybe he was rushing for an Academy Award. you will talk about that in a bit. But um, I don't know. But you just right. want to jump. It uh, out. Yeah. Uh, so a lot
1: of people accuse it of being Oscar bait. Um, um I won't be that. I won't be that uncharitable, but it have a lot of Oscar baitiness about it.
0: Yeah, but then again, right. it's, it's it's Steven Spielberg, so you kind of you you can kind of expect that. Although, um, I do, well, I'm i hoping that we don't really quite get that with um, Ready Player One I'm expecting this thing to be as over the top and insane as it is, but just mature enough from... Well, mature as in Steven Spielberg, mature, you know, and, and fun as well, but not Oscar Beatty Like we have to stop and bring this one character and have John Williams do a score here and, you know remind us, oh well this is a Steven Spielberg film here, you know what I mean? But um but what would I say here before we jump in well before you do the actual review here. Well sorry, the synopsis. Um I realize like in this period of his um of his career, with the exception of Ready Player One, I find that um Spielberg doing like this is the best way I could describe his films. He does these films that you could watch literally like on a Sunday afternoon. Like you yeah, 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 you have your food, you sit down there you're yeah. on your culture, you recline, you kick back, you relax. You don't really think too much about what's going on, but you just let the movie kind of, you just enjoy the experience of watching the film. It's one of those kind of laid-back kind of films, you know, it reminds me of like what, um, the kind of film, like the style of films Clint Eastwood makes, by the way, you know, yeah. that kind of, I'm older now, so I can't, I'm not as young and vibrant anymore, so let me just kind of kick back and relax and just really show the good in, in, in humanity and the good in us, that kind of thing you know? So the post right. feels like that, just like War Horse did and just like how um Bridges Spies
1: did, in my right. opinion. Uh yeah, so basically it's spotlight but a little worse than spotlight in my opinion. Personally. A, a little worse, but I wanna hear your, I wanna hear why
0: you see right. a little worse. But right, so know, it, right, the so
1: just the pick synopsis on your run through. So what it's about, it's uh about what the the, the Washington Post yes. having inter- to not blow open the story because I think the New York Times already did it. Um, but just, yes, they're they've more or less corroborating what you call the Pentagon Papers. Yes. Right, so the Pentagon Papers is this really unfortunate, kind of massive distrust of the American government. It was something that was leaked, basically um, showing what really going on in the Vietnam War. How the Vietnam War n- not going anywhere near as good as they thought it was. They just misleading the American public, blah, 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 blah. And the context of it works because Meryl Streep, I forget her, name's, her character's name, but she her husband, I think, committed suicide.
0: Yes, um, her, she is um, Catherine Graham. Right, um, Graham. Yeah, yeah. Right. She was like the first right, female so publisher of, um, well, a newspaper in this case, is the Washington Post. So she right. took it she, from she her. Had to yeah, she, so she took control of it from her husband.
1: Right. And they had to basically, the big call was whether or not you put it out or not, because it's so close to the, the reason why it was, this was different from, say, the New York Times is one, Washington Post are relatively small people at the time. Like we know them as this amazing juggernaut, but this is what put them on the map essentially.
0: Yes, which is something uh, I didn't even know about until watching yes. this
1: film. Alright. And uh in the case of in the case of uh the the idea that they were so relatively close to all of those um you know, Washington type insiders and whatnot, you know, And that's the working paradigm of it. Um it just sets itself up as oh, okay. This is this small paper that's really brave, and what they're gonna do given all this working pressure, you know, from with all the powers that be, especially at the time now, right? That was a big thing because the, the relationship between news and politics wasn't as 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 common as it was back in the days, right? Way more common now, but that was a big deal then. So it's all of this. For the first time again, it's amazing political pressure and whatnot, especially with the Nixon administration, which was like an unprecedented administration. Right. Yeah. And that's your can premise, a build from that. And it's just, well, you know, secular, sainthood, um, news people doing the news thing and sticking yeah. it to the man, much like Spotlight.
0: Yeah, of the press. Be, you know, what I mean, it's, it's,
1: yeah, you that, be fucking up, and we're gonna stick it to the man. So it yeah. it's, uh, it has that all the president's men. And
0: and this sworn duty to let to let people know the
1: truth. You know, what I mean, right, like right, right. And it it had that all the president's men vibe to to, to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, good thing you mentioned that because we'll bring it back up a little bit later. But continue.
1: Yeah, and it. But <clears> I say it's like spotlight. It it pretty much like spotlight. If you've seen spotlight, you've seen this, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and, and seen...
0: to this day, to this day. Like, I still don't understand how that movie won Best Picture, you
1: uh, I still don't know. Yeah, I was rooting for it. for it. You could probably go back in the episode.
0: But there was so much um, better I than was that, surprised. man. Come on. I, I think that shocked a lot of people. I'll never forget when Morgan Freeman um said said it. And he was like, spotlight. Like, almost like yeah. he asked "Cause like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody um, was I, rooting I was, for I was Everybody shocked, was, I was, was rooting
0: for it. Everybody was rooting for Reverend Andrew, like. Revenant. No, Revenant.
1: No, not Revenant.
0: Then, Revenant. Did it the same year? I think it did, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, if, I forget. Because yeah. there was Birdman, and then the year after that, everybody who thought, well, oh, well, um, you know, Inaratu can win for sure with this one here with, uh, with Revenant. Ok, right, people okay. here spotlighted. Like, no, no, Leo won,
1: uh, eh? What? Well, Leo won. Yes, Leo won. All right, right, right. Yeah. So Leo won first thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah and it won best
0: director and So it's like, well, yeah, it wins some. it wins some awards, but still. We want, I wanted. personally to win. Best director. And then I heard Spotlight. I was Like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Continue.
1: Right. So. Um. So. They, they. They. put a nice little working context of things. Um. Tom Hanks. I thought was solid. Um. Not going beyond. Above and beyond. Call. Um. Tom Hanks. Call of Duty. But yes, still yes. good. Yeah. Uh. Meryl Streep again. Another one. Pretty solid. But again, not going above and beyond the Call of Duty of Meryl Streep. No. No. So, no. It, it's one of those things that when you tell me that well Meryl Streep well good in this is like well so.
0: You know, that's that kind of thing. Figure.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Right. So that, you're not that impressed with it in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but still, this is solid business for me overall. Um. But anyway, you you time early. First thing. I want to go ahead. All right. Um.
0: Okay. Well, this this one is, is a little tricky to, to talk about because uh, for one, thing similar to to um, Hour, um and Sumi. I'm I'm at it, right? But I don't really, I I didn't really know anything about uh, about the history. You know, what's being told here, in this story. So, right. um, like I heard about the Pentagon papers before, I heard about you know well where it all leads up to and all that kind of stuff. And I love how they kind of tie that into the very end. I mean, there's not a big twist ending or everything like that, but it's a nice little follow follow up to uh a nice little lead-in. I should say to all the President's bed. I was like, oh okay, okay, okay. That's that's that was clever. I like that, right? Right. But yeah, I didn't really know anything about this, so I went in and. Yeah, I, I kind of wish that I knew stuff, though. I wish I knew the history mechanic, and then I could say, okay, I know who Bob or the cook is is playing. I know who uh, Tom Hanks is supposed to be, or Meryl is supposed to be. Right. I just had to learn from, you know, just from dialogue and what characters are seen and do it. Um, And for me, it took a while, but I felt at the first act kind of a bit slow because at first I said myself, okay, is this about the newspaper itself, or is this about... Um, the secrets, because basically, well, we, we depend on gun papers, just basically about uh, these, these government secrets, basically, that uh, the US government were involved in the war, in the Vietnam War, in uh, in a lot of ways. Um, well, no, right.
1: What it was is just the reality of the war. So it's just yeah, a exactly. bunch of shit that came out that Yeah. they say the war was going good. It wasn't going good. Um, yeah, they did I, a bunch I, of, like, I, 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 stupid war crimes. Yeah, I'm
0: Yeah, the overall point is just that a lot of American soldiers went there to die, and it yeah, was, pretty much like, it was just like a big, no that in that way. It, was because it was
1: pretty, pretty goddamn brutal.
0: Yeah, so you know, I I was just kind of learning all this stuff, like you know, like right there, they're like, wow, I didn't do all this kind of stuff, that, uh, but I still right, felt so, that I should have. Had some sense of knowledge of what went down there, then I could be like, "Oh, okay, now I see what the big deal is." Because that's another thing. Because And I, I really have to be honest, I have to speak as it from it as a non-American. I felt that uh, maybe if I was American, and because this movie came out at just you know this era now with you know with the Trump administration, and everything, right? This movie would have resonated a lot more with me. But I looked at it, and I was like, "Okay, well, this is just..." Yet another uh, Spielberg film, but unlike British Spies, on the other hand, which I would say I really enjoyed way more because that was uh, set during uh, what well, the Cold war. Actually, um, yeah. this one didn't really grip me as uh, emotionally or theatrically as I, as I expected it to. Because I mean, right. It's Spielberg so, right. So, you so that too. point,
1: that point is like, yeah, it feels like a, a political time in movie. Yeah. Um, so, but that I was mean, not. I Maybe mean, if it was Can like you real,
0: it? you know, real, uh, real keen on it. Right. And, uh, you know, real, um, yeah, real keen on it, I should say, yeah, this would have released you know, to me way more. But to me, it was just like, oh, well, yeah, this is just a moment in history that kind of matters to Americans <laughs> and to everybody else, really. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's
1: one of those, well, you know, we never, we're not supposed to trust the government kind of thing That It was the first time they really got that um, in a public sense now. So is, and it, it totally fed into the whole um, counterculture movement, hippie counterculture movement for the 60s. Yes. A lot of that. So all of these baby boomers, they're old now and they're making movies. And they made a movie about this in the time of Trump. So yeah. it kind of supposed to resonate with that crowd. Kind yeah. of. Um,
0: and, but... and, I, and I think that reason alone is why people call this movie so relevant and why it's one of the best of the year. Although I, well, for me, this would have been another honorable mention for me. This wouldn't have been yeah. some of top 10 or, or even a yeah, top seven. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. Um, if yeah. you're not the right audience and you're not the right age, I'll say it kind of falls flat and it fell flat for me. Yeah. I'm largely aware of the the, the context of this um, story, uh, where of it I you know I, I strongly recommend um, if you want a nice run through of the narrative, Ken Burns Vietnam.
0: Yeah, which I have. Yeah. You be last. year's documentary, right? Yeah, yeah, great. You know, and you know, here's the thing. I was long, I was initially planning to watch that for the series, you know. But because of the length of it Because this is way longer than OGB in America by far But I was going to yeah, hype this wrong. up As being the OGB in America For 2017 But then I look at the length I was like, nah, 17 hours or so Nah, I really didn't have time last year So I skipped out on that one But yeah, I'll right. do you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, so it, it's, it's reasonably well done in that way um, It's Yeah, I don't know the material But it's not a big, big problem for me um, no, no, no. And, and,
0: that, and that that is in credit to um to Spielberg's direction and the story and, of course, the performances, right? You know, uh, once again, it's not one of those movies that had to hold your hand and tell you XXX happened so, so, so. I mean, you only get, like, uh, well, which was pretty interesting. You only got, like, you know, the uh, expository title cards at the very beginning. But you don't get any at the end. Like, you don't see any... Oh, well, these characters grew up and they got older. And they died. And nah, just, yeah, it not It just kind of stops at that one moment, and I thought that was that was really uh, brave, though, for like a a Speedball movie, because it because that last sh- that last shot alone implies that you know you have to know, you have to know what happened after that moment, and you know if you watch all the presidents man, you'll be like, or if you know the the, the the story behind that, you'll be like, okay, okay, I see where they get at. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I thought well directed wise, I mean. Spielberg does his thing, I, I wasn't blown away by a majority of, uh, you know, I mean, director-wise, it is what it is, That that's not knocking him down, right? I mean, Spielberg is just such a great director, you don't have to be doubtful, you know, of his direction, he's always going to bring it here, uh, I love, there, there were a couple of, like, great camera, uh, camera movements as well, some stuff that, you know, because they study performances, you weren't really study them, but to me, they still had a lot, that I love how creative they were, um, acting-wise, well, I mean, Meryl Streep is great, of course, The same thing with Tom Hanks. There's even, like, this, oh, this like, the first time they meet each other at this, um, uh, this, this restaurant, sorry. And it's so, this, this is blatant long take, and I just watch this, like, wow, boy. Like, these characters just so dread, they just have them, the camera is just on them for, like, two minutes straight, huh? and they just spitting out these lines just like, wow, dread, but you know you just need like another reminder of how great they are how talented they are but i wouldn't say that their performances really blew me away unfortunately but still it's just like well you know tom hanks is gonna bring it you know meryl streep is gonna bring it uh but the supporting cast as well i thought were, were pretty good as well Although that find some actors were underplayed more than others uh case in point sarah paulson yeah love sarah paulson I'll right sure. but she was playing uh, tom hanks's wife and um, like, you have a couple of moments where she's, like, talking and stuff like that, but I felt like she was literally in the background. Like, there's a scene where, uh, our, when the, the Washington Post team are, are scrambling, trying to put these, the pages of the, the Pentagon pe- papers together. And she's just literally in the okay. kitchen, just watching everything, like, uh, and then she brings some, some sandwiches. Would you like some sandwiches or, like, um... But Sarah Paulson, do no. come on, bring it um, I thought right. that the, well, Bob cook Oden- got a chance to shine Well, he got a few moments to shine though, I'm really glad of that uh, He was like my, well, my two favorite character Well, sorry, second favorite character in this uh, Film here, uh, Alison Bree. I didn't even expect her to be in this But uh, she had a really nice moment With um, with Meryl Sheehan Well, she was basically playing her daughter um, And the other characters as well You know, were great I did not expect Jesse Plemons to be in this When I saw I was like, wait, 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 wait where all these like, TV actors Showing up
1: Out in the blue yeah, brain, but... uh, We're called She Carrie Coon From The Leftovers Wasn't it So like Oh yeah. hi And you know
0: for Just for them Just for them to be In a Steven Spielberg movie I think was just like You know Just like a rare opportunity In their lives And I just felt They just jumped at the moment it's Like yes Yes We will we will commit to this To this movie Even though we might get Two minutes of screen time Whatever we in a yeah. Steven Spielberg movie And yeah They, they do stand out uh, like i say it's just more people stand out than others uh, the narrative as well uh well, well was well handled even though i felt the first act was a little slow because at first i was telling myself okay is this about the inner workings of this newspaper because that was interesting is it about the war is it about these pentagon papers because that is interesting but is when you know the whole shenanigans went down with the new york times that's when the story really pick up like oh so that is what the story is about Because once again I went in blind I didn't even see Any trailers for it I just saw little snippets And heard How great yeah. And how Oscar Beatish it was And that's all Um The subject of Oscar Beat uh, I would see why people Would call it Oscar Beatty Because Well once again You're bringing the, the heavy hitter You're bringing John Williams To, to score um, You have The cinematographer I guess The, the Janusz Kaminski He does like A, a ton of uh, Of Spiel movies Um so, you know, just the style of it, how it looks, how it's shot, how it's acted and stuff like that. You know, you have that one moment where the camera kind of zeroes in on one character and they're doing this, really, this this great speech or something so profound and all that kind of thing. It's like the movie kind of stops for you to be like, yes, I must, I must revel in this moment. I must, yeah. you know, dig into it and feel that warmth and feel that emotion. And there are a few moments like that, especially with... Uh, one speech involving uh with Meryl Streep and Alison Breeder where it's like her kind of talking about how she's been um uh, you know just basically her being a woman in the in the business of, of these though, you know and how she has been looked down upon and all that kind of stuff like it was a cool moment but to me it was just like well it's Meryl Streep just doing Meryl Streep you know what I mean it was like this is a moment I'm gonna walk out to the film and be like yes I'll always remember that um so yes it does have this kind of Oscar beatish kind of feel to it but I would disagree with People who would think that the whole thing is like that, you know, what I mean, it's just Spielberg doing his own thing. By now, he could kind of, I don't want to say he could do these things in the street in the sleep. Sorry, but when's the last time you saw like a really terrible movie from Steven Spielberg in the, in the 2010s? Like,
1: uh, cutting the, the closest I'll say is probably the, like, I, I don't really feel, um, friendly with a big friendly giant, or you know, or BFG,
0: you know, I, I. St- Still, I haven't seen that one, you know. I, was a I don't big know why. This... But it's not bad, eh? It's not like that yeah, bad, but I was it, underwhelmed it, by right. it. Right. It just never hit me, you know? But, yeah. I mean, if you saw, like, War Horse and Lincoln and especially Bridges Spice, right. you'll know what to expect with this one, right? It, it is what it is. Like I say, it's one of those kind of Sunday afternoon. You have your big plate of food. You kick back. You relax. I just want to feel the movie. You don't want to be bombarded by a set of violence and cussing and stuff like that. It's one of those right. kind of shows. You know, you, you don't really think about this. It's like it's a like, it's a grown folks movie, right? That's the best way to describe it. Um, similar to like what like the kind of movies Clint Eastwood, you know, doing right now. Uh, you know, and uh, the subject of that, you know, he he has a movie coming up, I think it's called the 15, 17 to, to, to Paris. Right. It's literally last week. Last week while I was waiting for Darkest Hour to start. I learned that he directed that movie. Right. Hey. I did not know that, you know. I just saw a post. I was like, oh, okay, well, I have no clue what it is. I really thought that that man stopped directing, you know, because of his age, you know. I did not know that man still, put, still making movies, but I'm like, wow. Even if the movie sucks, you have to admit, you have to praise this man's um, dedication, though, this man's work ethic, but right? he's like, yeah. what, like late 80s, or whatever it is, and he's still making movies, right? I don't know if. <laughs> Uh, if Spielberg is going to follow that same trend as well, but yeah, he is older, he is making more grown up kind of movies as well. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, it's it's one of those type of movies. Um, so if you enjoyed Lincoln and um, and of Spies, then you will totally enjoy this one. Um, if you want more flashiness, if you want more excitement and thrillers, well, sorry, more suspense, basically, because it it a, is it's a political thriller, right? But to be a f- it, i've really felt the the thriller vibe though like in in parts in, in segments that throughout the movie like it wasn't like had my bite or whatever like that it just was like a normal drama it felt like that to me you know um yeah but in no way would i say it, it's a bad thing i mean at the end of the day it is steven Spielberg doing what steven Spielberg does if you can accept that then you'll enjoy it but if you're looking for something more if you want to be like you know spellbound and be like yes this is another masterpiece then you'll be kind of disappointed with this one to be honest and while i wasn't disappointed by it i thought it was it was it was fine it was decent i learned a lot from it some stuff that i didn't even know about it uh it is american history Um, i would say that i came out of it you know really feeling it though like i saw it it was there but it wasn't really captivated by it or ing- i was i was engrossed by it i was in, intrigued by it but i didn't walk out of it like yeah but i felt that one but this one hit me with my guts this one hit me with my heart it was just like yeah it's another Steven people movie you know you kind of come you kind of you kind of know the formula by now i don't want to call it a formula but that's he that's he would have in my head but you know it is
1: what it is so take it or leave it that's how i felt uh yeah, this, this, but, was, this was solid for me but it fell flat. Um. Yeah. I thought it would have been much more exciting and, and engage, engage, um, engrossing, um, yeah. like say this movie, like *Bridge of Spice. Yes, you know, *Bridge of yes, Spice yes, had right. a workable arc and, and totally worked. This was like, well, is, is Spielberg. Do, it really felt like Spielberg doing *Spotlight* all over again. It really felt like that. Yeah. Um, and while *Spotlight* worked because the material is more relevant in terms of time, yes. And I, yes. I thought *Spotlight* was kind of out of time in terms of the, the dating of the the material now, like what they're talking about. Yeah. It's Like, oh, we don't talk about that like ten years before. This was. Yeah. And, you know, the idea that, well, it, it mattered in the modern context because of Donald Trump is like, well, not really. Not really. Um, That's the thing. like Yeah, it has yeah. a few parallels, but it really fit the way you think it fits. Yeah, like, uh, like
0: I get the whole idea of, you know, the power of the media and how the government might want to fight down the media, but... Right. Yeah, in terms of, like, I get the historical comparison and whatnot, but... I don't think it'll help in terms of this movie's longevity. Like I have a feeling people might forget this movie right. in the next five years will be, like, oh yeah, there was a one show right. Oh yeah, there was no for best picture, but it didn't win. And I'll just see this before we get to read it. If this show happened to win by Best Picture,
1: wow. That would be like a yeah disappointment that that I'll again. I've seen almost all except but this was yeah, I can't really give it to this. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So for me, I would give this uh, decent three and a half out of five stars. Um, right. See, I mean, it's worth checking out, do especially if you if you like. Um, That's fine. If if, yeah. you, if you like the the old grown folks Spielberg movies but uh if you just want like if you're expecting this thing to be just mind-blowing and such an epic movie then you're not gonna get that you might as well just wait a few months until Ready Player One comes out or you might go back to his oldest stuff like Schindler's List or you know, Secret okay. Pirate Ryan. but it, to me, it is what it is I can't really complain too much I mean, I wish they could have been like, uh, I wish they could have really engaged me a lot more I wish I went in with more knowledge but yeah, it was what it was, brother. So take it or leave it. Uh, so what yeah, was
1: your... uh, 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 yeah, I myself, I one more think about it. I give it like a mo- low movie tone. Um, it's good, but it really, it. I'll say the biggest crime is that it fell flat. That's the problem. Is that it just it went through the motions. It did spotlight what we what we got a couple of years ago, and I didn't really feel any better or more interesting than that. And it's nowhere near as relevant as it think thinks it is. Yeah. Now that's my big big crime with it. It's not bad. It's solid film. It's fine. Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't it didn't again, much like with thought it didn't rope me in any way I thought it could've roped me. Yeah, mm-hmm. as so it was.
0: Yeah. Uh, right. but I do have to applaud, I do have to give the man credit, Jed, for working on this thing right after something like Ready Player One. Um so it just really shows how talented and, you know, just how great of a of a filmmaker he is though. Um but I'm not saying this. this is his, one of his worst films, but I don't know. I just felt that maybe this is something that he could have taken a little bit more time and really developed it and really make it work yeah, instead of trying it's, to it's rush to no, the Symphony awards.
1: Yeah, it's no, it's no Bridget spies. It's no Munich. Um, you know where where Spielberg does is, you know, you, you get a nice darker turn from him. You know, given history, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, it's still okay. Yeah, I, I, I it's, it's okay. It's not even close okay. to Munich. Your Munich was brilliant for me.
0: Yeah. All right. So, Ricardo, where can we find you online, man?
1: um uh, Passat r-m-e-d-d-y that is at our on twitter and then you could find me just type in ricardo muddin on facebook and you can find me right there
0: all right on twitter you could find me if you look for legally black mjb mjb and capital letters you could also find me on facebook just look for my name machi bailey alongside a legally black blog official fan base We so you find a link to this podcast here as well as the others that we've done before um and if you haven't already, uh, please check out my um, our collaborative uh, look at the Academy Awards. Annie Razi won nominations for this year, you know, with uh, Wayne As Rock and Samally Polony and Julian Neese. So, you know, check that out and feel free to let us know what you thought about these Oscar nominees that we mentioned here. Do you think they're going to win anything um, during the awards or you think they're going to... I was going to say snub, but do you think they're not going to win anything at all? You know, they just dare... Yeah. As, as uh, you know, as placeholders basically But they're not going to win anything for sure, you know So feel free to comment below and let me know Alright, All right, so in closing uh, Stuff to look forward to uh, Well, theatrically uh, we- Well, Wednesday anytime it's recorded uh, We're supposed to be getting the theatrical release Of Three Billboards outside Ebbing, uh, Missouri uh, This was like one of the first reviews That I did for the year You can check out the review for that Also on Valentine's Day Which will be Ash Wednesday We're supposed to be getting a uh, uh the ending way of that horrible okay. trilogy of that 50 shades trilogy that yeah, i hate bullshit. so much uh 50 shades freed right. i do even want to know why it's called freed but okay. uh but anyway but um that same 1517 the Paris that i mentioned before now that i yeah. saw the trailer it, and now that i know it's directed by steven's uh sorry It'll by, by okay. uh clint eastwood yeah now i want to see it now i'm curious to see how it is if if the reviews are kind of like, well, the show kind of meh, however it is, I probably won't go. Um, but well, I'm really curious it's, it's, to see, because I love... You know, a relatively movies. a
1: relatively conservative director doing a, you know, talking about a relatively conservative topic, because it's about, I think, basically some Muslim guys who did the stabbing, I think.
0: Yeah, something like that. Um, right. But I hope so, that we don't get another American sniper, where... where That's what yeah, I'm worried I, about. I, 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 yeah. I, know, I see where he was geared at, once again, this sort of Americana kind of thing, but once again, it's like... A little too old, a little too irrelevant now in, in these times and a little pretentious, so I hope that we don't get that with this movie here. Uh, of course, we, we are getting Black Panther the week afterwards. Excited to right. see that, we're definitely going to see it in IMAX. And quite yep. ironically enough, we get The Shape of Water the same day, so uh, right. this movie probably going to last probably a week in, um, in CC8, I know that for sure. Also, for the stuff, uh, I see we get Death Wish, which was that movie that was uh, pushed back uh, because of... uh, I think it was because of that shooting. Well, the Texas shooting. Yeah. Yeah, they pushed that back. Uh, Of course, that's Eli Roth's take on the classic 1974 uh,
1: revenge drama. uh, I... I I, don't know. I can't remember if we talk about the trailer. My problem was the the idea of Bruce Willis being seen as a, like a nobody like the, one of the reasons why the original Death Wish worked is because the guy is not an action star
0: yeah exactly he was and just Bruce a Willis guy
1: Bruce Willis is unknown action star so they yeah. could have cast somebody else somebody like Tom Hanks would have worked or somebody like that now, where oh shit you know this older guy fucking things up but he, Bruce Willis already is kicked a lot of ass like we know him for that so, yeah we, we know that yeah. but I yeah, just what? worry
0: with Eli Roth taking it though because you know Eli Roth I know he's gonna amp up all the brutality and the violence up to like 11 but I think that's going to really hurt the, the core of the film there because, um, you know, just with the original film, now you know, it was about revenge. You know, the, you understand the guy's motivation, but it was also the idea of um of being a vigilante in, during that period. So, I just have a feeling that he will just play up the violence way too much and lose the point of it. Uh, and I kind of don't want that movie to, to play along that line, but I have a feeling because it's Eli Roth, we're going to get that anyway. We'll see. Yeah, Whatever. we'll see. Alright, so that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good, evening, good night, whatever your list is. This was Machu and...
1: Ricardo Medino.
0: And we are signing off from another episode of Bayer to Melee. So until the next one, take care. Pieces.
1: Yeah. Alright.